to Women's Health, Wisdom, and Wine, a weekly conversation with practitioners, providers, patients, and healers about complex reproductive medicine and women's health challenges, the value of an integrative approach to these challenges, many of the women's health topics you're already thinking about but uncomfortable talking about, and my personal favorite, wine. I'm your host, Dr. Lorena White, an integrative reproductive medicine and women's health provider, licensed acupuncturist, clinical herbalist, and a former labor support doula in the Washington, D.C. metro area. My goal is to bring women's health-specific evidence and expertise to the forefront of daily women's health and wellness news through informative conversations. If you have ideas, questions, and specific topics that you would like us to cover in future podcast episodes, please leave them in the comment section or send us an email at info at To learn more about our team's approach to care, visit our website at www.larenawhite.com. As you enjoy the podcast, conversations, and wine time, remember to follow the podcast, leave a five-star rating, and tap on the bell to make sure you never miss an episode. Let us know what is your favorite topic, who has been your favorite guest, and who would you like to hear from on the next pod. Most importantly, share the podcast and your favorite episode with a friend or colleague. Lastly, remember that this podcast is not designed to be a substitute for a bona fide relationship with a licensed or certified healthcare professional. Coming up, I talk with Laura Musall about menopause, night sweats, and cool revolution PJs. Let's join the conversation. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So here we are, one more week. So complex women's health challenges are the hallmark of our pod. Today is no different as we explore the change. Today's guest has undertaken an endeavor to change how women experience the change. So Laura, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. My name is Laura Musall. I'm I'm in Fishers, Indiana, which is in near Indianapolis, and uh, a, a longtime friend of mine and I, Mindy Ford, uh, created a company called Cool Revolution PJs for women with night sweats. Oh, wow. I love that. I love that. So menopause, or the change as we sometimes call it. Tell us about your personal menopause experience. Oh, gosh. Okay. So it began in my early 50s okay. and i distinctly remember it was a very very cold march day in 2018 okay and i woke up drenched in sweat and i thought what is going <laughs> on you know your first instinct is okay is there something medically wrong with me what Am I having a heart attack? What what's going on? Right. And it and then I was like, you know what? This is this is it. Yeah. This this is the night sweats people talk about. I don't know if you've had them yet, but when they hit, you know this is it. Yeah, I as of right now haven't gotten to that stage. Thank thank God. Um, but I'm cold natured anyway, so for the most part, even in the summertime or even when it's relatively warm outside I'll have to have a sheet or something on top of me my husband on the other hand he is a little hot box so he's always hot and so when there's a fan or the AC or even open windows 
I have gratefully not had to have that experience because I'm on the other end of that spectrum as of right now. <laughs> yeah, well, lucky you. Um, and I hope it doesn't hit you like it did me. But, um, and, and you know, I feel awful, but I remember having a friend who was just a couple years older than me. Right. And I would make fun of her or I'd roll <laughs> my eyes because it would be cold outside and she'd pull out one of those uh, old fans. Uh-huh. And I thought, okay, this is crazy. And then when it hit me, I mean, I apologized to her because yeah. I thought there's no way it could be this bad. And uh, it, it was, yeah. it was. Yeah, I remember my grandma, my mom, not so much, but definitely my grandma, maybe a couple of my aunts talking about the change, talking about their, you know, personal climate zones and things of that nature. But I do vividly remember my grandma, like I could visibly see her sweating in the middle of the day for no, like, I was like, what's going on? Like, why is she so hot? And I was thinking like she was sick or she was having some type of Mm -hmm. stroke or something or because she was like visibly sweating. Like she went from being normal to fanning herself to like, I could see the sweat marks on her blouse or on her pants that came from nowhere like she was drenched drenched and it was like is it that bad like how can it how can one person do that and as a young person who hardly very knew about her own you know menstrual cycle I had no idea what the other end of the spectrum looked like and nothing to compare it to but that was my first um, experience witnessing what someone was going through and it just didn't seem normal it didn't seem right it didn't seem healthy and it just didn't seem it didn't fit like everything else that I had learned about womanhood and just the whole kind of landscape of the life cycle. And, you know, different people go experience it differently. And unfortunately, night sweats and changes in climate, personal climate zones are a part of that. Yeah, I love I love that term, personal climate zone, because that for real is what it is, because you can go from hot to cold mm-hmm. in in seconds. Yeah. And I mean, uh, okay, so I, this is probably getting more personal than, than I, yeah, I typically would, but anyway. It's all right. It's, it's a safe hysterectomy. zone. <laughs> yeah, I, had, I had to have a hysterectomy a couple years ago. Right. And I remember sitting on the sofa with one of those big, like, lap kind of ice pack mm-hmm. pad things on my stomach. Yeah. And had a hot flush. Yeah. So I was sweating. And freezing, and freezing at the, at the same time. time. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's never good. That's that is what like having the flu or something feels like. You're having a fever, and yet you're freezing at the same time. That reminds me of like kind of fluish symptoms or something like that. Yeah, but the weird thing, and I don't, um, you know, and like you said, everyone experiences it differently. Right. But it's it's not like um, for me anyway. It's not like the sweating you feel when you're working out or mm-hmm. when you get really hot. It's this. It's this heat that builds up inside of your body. Right. It's, it's a different type of sensation. So Yeah, absolutely. Again, I have not gotten to that point, and I'm hoping with a whole bunch of things that I can navigate before I even get there that it will be mild to none once I get to that age. Um, but, yeah, you're right. It's, again, a sensation that is pretty much indescribable unless you've experienced it for yourself. Yeah. So yeah. you decided to do something about it not being clothing designers, what made you think PJs? Well, there are a couple things. Um, so I am very fortunate to have a set of really great friends. And so that morning I woke up after my first night sweats, I texted them Mm -hmm. and I was like, Oh my gosh, 
this just happened to me. And I know my, my friend Lisa was like, yep, that, that was my, that's been my life right. the last uh, few months. <laughs> and, and we were bantering via text all day long about this. Right. And the thing that worried me was I have struggled with sleep for years. And when I was Googling about night sweats after they happened, I found that, wait, these could last a decade. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't do this mm-hmm. for, a, for 10 years. I already have trouble sleeping, which my doctor had told me a lot of it was from perimenopause. Mm-hmm. And, and then it, I remember thinking, wait a minute. I remember for Christmas buying my husband cooling pajamas mm-hmm. at Macy's. Uh-huh. And I thought, okay, well, let me see what they have for women. Right. And they had nothing. Mm-hmm. They had all kinds of stuff to, you know, make things smaller, bigger, push up, push <laughs> down, and every, you know, keep you warm, flannel, right. fleece, but no temperature regulating, cooling pajamas for women. And I, and I text my friends and I was like, I can't believe this. This isn't right. right. There's got to be something. And I looked and I went online and, and I found stuff that was, um, uh, I would say designed for 20 somethings, or I found stuff that I call granny jammies. And I'm like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not wearing that. I mean, I, I want to feel good about this, but I want to be able to sleep. Right. And a friend jokingly said, Laura, you need, you need to start a pajama company. And my friend Mindy jokingly said, well, I want to work at that pajama company. And it took off. Wow. I wasn't looking for another, another job or a side hustle, but it just took off. And I thought if, if I'm experiencing this and three of my best friends are experiencing this, women everywhere are, And, and they are, I mean, uh, you know what? I think the number is like 20 million women in the U.S. hit menopause. Mm-hmm. The average age is like 51 right. every year. Yep. I mean that it's it's a net, and here's the thing: it's a natural part of life mm-hmm. that we make out to be some secret, or we have for generations. So that's why I'm so glad you're having this conversation mm-hmm. because it's not something we should keep hidden or secret or be embarrassed about right and i think a lot of times with everything in women's health from getting your first period to not being able to get pregnant to then having you know menopausal symptoms every at every aspect of life there's something that shame is thrust upon there's some hidden agenda where something about you is off or wrong or different or bad something that you should be embarrassed about and that comes from some place outside of, you know, the community of women, but yet we adopt it and we hold on to it and we kind of wear it like a red badge of shame and not a red badge of courage. And so often we take that on and then we suffer in silence because we don't, unlike what you did and went like first thing, let's like tap into the brain trust who've been through this, who know what's going on. We hold it, we hide it. And then it continues to wreak havoc on us internally and otherwise. And then we're suffering in silence. So I, again, I appreciate you not just talking about it with your 
uh, family and friends, but also with us so that other people can see that, hey, there's something going on and there are people working to do something about it. So at the beginning of the pandemic, many people sought to strike out on their own. However, this isn't really your story. What was the research and the overall process like to get this PJ company started? Uh, yeah, it, I mean, this, this has been a real journey and it's been fun and it's been frustrating, (laughs) but I think mostly it's been empowering and, you know, like uh, exactly like you said, women do this, do wear this badge of shame Mm -hmm. and we should not be doing that. Um, so I mean, after that initial discussion, I just started talking to people. Okay. I I don't have a background in fashion. Um, My business partner does not have a background in fashion. And and both of us often joke that we can barely put together an outfit. Um, (laughs) But here we are thinking we can be designers. But we thought, wait a minute. You know, we started talking to women. We brought women together. And, you know, if you offer women a chance to get together and talk freely in a non-judgmental zone, offer some wine and water and snacks, you learn a whole lot. It's a support group. Yes. (laughs) And so we just started talking to women and a lot of men, actually, too. And what we found was everyone kept saying, yes, you have to do this. You have to do this. And they would say, and here's who you should talk to. And that was just monumental for us because we not only were encouraged, but people wanted to help and they Mm -hmm. wanted to help us come up with a solution. And, And one of those very initial people that we met was Dr. Janet Carpenter. She is a menopause expert at the Indiana University School of Nursing. Okay. She researches menopause, studies it, and, and teaches it. And I had coffee with her and I said, Janet, what do you think? And she mm-hmm. said, you have to do this. Wow. And wow. She, she, I mean, when you hear that from someone who is, who knows. Who right. Knows An expert in the field. Out. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, all right, Mindy and I both were like, all right, we're going to figure this out. We right. may not know fashion. We may not know design, but we, we can figure this out. We're smart. Yeah. We're smart entrepreneurial women. We can we can figure out how to make this work. So we did. I love it. So let's explore the feeling good, looking good piece. You really wanted these pieces of apparel to be appealing as well as comfortable. So as an internal optimist, how did you go about achieving that? So, you know, we had lots of, and again, lots of discussions with women and, and found that women were really struggling with what to wear to bed. Um, you know, they were wearing old oversized t-shirts. Um, one woman told us that she got up in the middle of the night, drenched in sweat, took a pair of scissors and cut her pajamas, like to make shorts. I mean, and, and those kinds of stories made us think, I mean, Mm -hmm. this is big. And we talked to another women's physician who, who told us, you know, her patients were telling her stories of getting up in the middle of the night and having to change their pajamas two or three night, times a night. Yeah. So, but we knew this was more than just about making any kind of pajamas. We knew that women, and I don't know about you, but when I'm done the day working, I just want to put on my pajamas and chill, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and lots of women we talked to do that. So we knew yeah. we needed pajamas 
that you could put on that were comfortable, moisture wicking. Okay. Um, but that you would feel good in. You weren't. Mm-hmm. You didn't feel like you were putting on some uniform or some outfit because you might sweat. You're right. putting on something that you felt good in, so that if someone dropped by, you're fine and you were fine. You weren't scurrying right. around to cover up or change. If you needed to take the dog out, you were comfortable in them. Good. That was really important to us. Okay. That. I do, and I don't know about you, but I do think there's a connection between feeling good in what you're wearing and how you mentally feel. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I know when I have on an outfit that I love, I walk differently. I talk differently. My posture is different. And just overall, it just, again, it comes from the inside, but it is highly dependent on what's going on the outside. And especially when you feel good about what you're wearing and how you look in what you're wearing. So let's talk about the design aspect. Like I mentioned before, I'm cold natured. So I'm on the other end of the spectrum right now anyway. And my husband, like I mentioned before, he's um, hot natured. So most nights, even in the summertime, I'm under a blankie of some sort. So what makes these PJs naturally cooling? Okay, so um, there are a couple things, both design and both fabric. Okay. Fabric is a blend. It's a blend of bamboo. It starts with a bamboo, which Mm -hmm. we love because it's sustainable. It grows fast and our source for it does not use pesticides or, or any chemicals to grow or harvest the bamboo, which we loved. Bamboo in and of itself is naturally temperature regulating. I am not a textile scientist, so <laughs> I ask tons of questions in the beginning. I don't get it. I don't get how something, a fabric can both keep you cool when you're hot and keep you warm when you're cool, mm-hmm. but it does. Yeah. Um, and it's blended with cotton. Cotton okay. is breathable, like bamboo. It's a natural fiber, so um, opposed to like a polyester. Mm-hmm. Polyester is, which most pajamas are made out of, is actually heat trapping. So okay. it does the opposite. And we knew that from the the very beginning when I talked to Janet Carpenter, our menopause expert. She said, when you do this, you've got to use a breathable natural fiber. Okay. Um, and, and so it wicks away the moisture, but because it's breathable, it evaporates. So you're not holding that moisture into your body and feeling that yucky, kind of soggy sweat feeling. Yeah. And the way we design them, so the pants, for example, I talked about how you can go from hot, how, you know, hot to cold. We made sure that the pants were sized so that if you started sweating, you really easily can just pull those pants up and make shorts or we capris. <laughs> are uh, a little wider Mm -hmm. than a normal kind of capri. And we did that very intentionally to make airflow. I mean, if you wear something tight, there's no airflow between the fabric and your skin. Right. So uh, that's how they work. And, And we use the cotton because the cotton, when it's blended in, the cotton helps the garment keep its shape. Right. We wanted something that you could wear and wash over and over and over, and you weren't after, you know, 20 washes, the, the fabric wasn't going to change. The shape mm. was not going to change. Right. Um, it, and, you know, it's an investment. And we, yeah. you know, I think women should invest in, 
it, you know, invest in their health and invest in what you're wearing and you sleep, you should sleep, you know, seven or eight hours a day. Right. So you need pajamas that help you do that. That work with you. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned before kind of having some sleep troubles during the many, many perimenopausal phase. And before we go any further, I just want to talk about the clinical aspect of these symptoms, namely the hot flashes and the night sweats. So how did you initially address these and what strategies did your clinicians and providers suggest? Um, well, one of them suggested, you know, just sleep nude. And I mean, for some women that works. And I, and I think it's very much in, you know, you got to figure out what works for you. Right. Um, so yeah, they suggested some of the things I've talked about, like, you know, wear natural fibers. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've talked before about, you know, you, you think a lot about what you put in your body for eat for health. You got to think about what you're putting on your body too. You know, what, how does that fabric interact with you? So I think that's really important. And there are other things, as, as you well know about sleep, you know, having a routine and shutting off things. And <laughs> I think, you know, you got to use, yeah. it's, it's not one size, you know, one size fits all solution. You know, our, our pajamas, the Cool Revolution pajamas are not going to stop your night sweats. Right. No, not, no fabric is going to. But it can make, be part of, part of what you do, part of your routine to help you find some comfort and cooling. Yeah. Yeah. Another tool in the toolbox. Absolutely. All right. So cool revolution. I like the name. I understand it. So how did you come up with the name? So, uh, oh, coming up with a name for a company is hard. It is hard. (laughs) Because it's your baby. It's it. That's going to be everything. So (sighs) uh, I have a background in um, marketing and public relations. And I worked with someone years ago who was just really, really good at coming up with names. And Mm -hmm. he came up with our mission, with our vision. We came up with what is it we want to do? We want to make, you know, women feel cooler. We want to make them feel better. Um, And and I, I went to him and said I had to explain what menopause was. And all of the <laughs> I'm like, this may seem crazy, but I need help. And, you know, mm-hmm. you got to know, I think anyone in business knows that the best thing to do is you got to know what you're good at and what you're not. And I was not good at naming. And we went to him and, and he said, cool revolution. And I was, Mindy and I both were like, that's it. That's what we That's want. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. You don't know what it's going to be, but you know, when you hear it that that was the thing. That's exactly what you were looking for. It hits all the notches, all the blanks, all the boxes. So you start talking to us a little bit more about the looking good and the feeling good and the kind of experience of when you get home, you want to just kind of take off your work gear and kind of slip into something a little bit more comfortable and not necessarily something slinky or something um, sexy, but literally something more comfortable. So tell us more about what makes these PJs unique in this regard and special for the person experiencing the night sweats, but in terms of also doubling his loungewear. Right, okay. So when we, when we delved into uh, this fashion industry, we were told, so, you know, someone very, you know, we're very specific. Here's what you do. Yeah. You find a professional fit model. 
mm-hmm. someone who's about a size two, who's going to be oh. smaller and extra small, you find that person and you design for that person and then you size it from there. And Mindy and I oh. both looked at each other and we were like, <laughs> hmm, no, that is not what we're doing. Right. So we, again, went back to our friends and decided, you know what we're going to do? We're going to find an average 40, 50, 60 something mm-hmm. who just an average, an average woman in the U.S. is a size 14. Right. We're going to find someone who's kind of that in that range mm-hmm. and someone. And I know you're not old enough yet, but your body changes when you get older. Ooh, I'm old enough to know that your body changes. I'll say that. I'll say that. <laughs> not in the same place they used to be. They and, are not. <laughs> yes. And, and so, first of all, we literally designed these pajamas at my dining room table. Okay. All right. I am about 5'9". I wear okay. a 2X. Okay. Mindy is about 5'5". Five five okay. And is somewhere between a small and a medium. Okay. okay. We are gotcha. totally different. We are Mutt and Jeff right here. All we right. If we could figure this out for both of us. So we sat at my dining room table and we had a whole pile of pajamas, t-shirts, tank tops, shorts, and we would put them on and we would be like, mm, nope, this, is, this, we don't like this because of this. We don't like this because of this. And as, as women age, they hold weight in their stomachs a lot. And there's mm-hmm. nothing more frustrating than to find something that fits up here and is yep. too yep. tight down here. Mm-hmm. And so we thought, you know what we're going to do? We're going to make it fit it up here. And uh-huh. we're going to make it a little roomier around the middle. Around the midsection. Around okay. The midsection. But we're, it's not going to be a tent. No one mm-hmm. wants to wear a tent. No one. Or a muumuu. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, ladies. But no one looks good in a muumuu. Um, you might be comfortable, but right. And so that's what we did. And the other thing we were like, all right, you know what? You don't want your top. If you reach up, you don't want your top to come up and show. Right. When you like the midriff, the midriff exposure. Okay. So we made them. So they're longer in the back. And so if you bend over, you're not keeping everything hidden. No plumber's crack. Okay. No plumber's crack here. Um, we did a V-neck because a V-neck can be really very, um, I think it's, it's, it's universally attractive for all body types. You don't have to worry Mm -hmm. about, is it too low? Is it not? Um, although we are coming out with a crew neck, um, and we knew we had to have pockets. Yes. Essential. (laughs) Um, so we... Tested the pockets. We had different size cell phones, put them in the pockets and would sit down, you know, do things to make sure they didn't fall out. So, I mean, that that is literally how we designed the pajamas. I love it because it's practical and you actually took the time to do it yourself, not have some kind of celebrity who was, like you said, a size two to speak to an audience that they don't really pertain to, a target audience that they don't really belong to, yet expect that the product's going to appeal to them, to real women. So I really do appreciate that aspect. Another aspect that many people may find attractive is that there's a made in the USA tag. Why was this important to you? Well, we wanted to know and meet the people who were making these pajamas. I mean, this was a personal journey for us. 
And so the thought yeah. of someone that we couldn't see or visit, it was just not appealing. Plus, right. I mean, we just appreciate things that are made here. So mm -hmm. we were able to find a small shop manufacturer in Chicago. We went there. We met with the seamstresses, the owner, um, and we just felt really good about that. Plus, they're, right. they're paid um, a, a regular wage. They're not above minimum wage. Um, we like that. And, and they were committed to the quality that we expected it to be. So that it was just really important to us that they were made here. If we need to get to Chicago, we can get there within three hours. If, if okay. we can get them on the phone. Um, that, that was just a really important to us. And a, and a lot of our customers have told us that they really appreciate that as well. And we know that yeah. the women and, and there are a couple of men who make them. Um, yeah, we meet them and we've talked to them and, and we know that, that they're working in good environments. Absolutely. And that's that's important to so many consumers, especially when, you know, supply chain issues and all those different things are happening all, especially right now, all over the world. And really being able to know where the products come from, be able to speak to and identify with those who are actually in the process of making the product that's special so tell us what are all the available pieces that come in the cool okay. revolution shop yeah. we have <laughs> t-shirts mm -hmm. tank tops um okay. night shirts pockets in the night uh -huh. shirts capris I like it pants shorts a cardigan because mm -hmm. we get cool so we came out with a cardigan last yeah. fall um and they come in sizes extra small to 3X, and our 3X is a okay. real 3X. It's a, a size 24. It's not something you go in and you find out a 3X is a size 14, which is irritating for someone my size. Uh -huh. um, I can understand getting, that. We're getting ready to, later this year, we're gonna ha we will introduce a 4X, and okay. we're going to introduce long sleeves and a couple other kind of uh, designs. I mean, we love getting feedback from women. And when they say, hey, we want this, we try to figure out, okay, how can we make that happen? They did that with head we do right. headbands too. When we were telling okay. us, you know what? I sweat, the, the, the flashes start in my head and my hair gets sweaty. What do we do? We thought, oh, we, could, we can totally make headbands. So we did. All right, and I'm going to chime in, even though I'm not at that stage yet, but I, there's a piece that always um, trips me up. I am tall. I'm five, ten and a half with, you know, flat foot. Usually I have heels on. So something for women with longer legs, because my trunk is pretty much like not right underneath my neck. Um, and my legs start way higher. I feel like right underneath my boobs. That's where my legs start. And most things are too short for me. So is there a potential for maybe a petite and a tall aspect to this clothing line. Yes, we have been trying to figure out how we can make that happen. Now, a lot, because we have some women who think the inseams, our inseams, which are about, uh, on a large, it's about 30, 31. I think 31 is our inseam mm -hmm. for a large, which can become long okay. for some people. Um, right. But the capris have been a great solution for them. Uh, I okay. mean, I'm 5'9" and mm -hmm. the pants are not too short. I don't like wearing, like you, I don't, I don't like wearing pants that feel like they're just two inches too short. So, right, high um, waters when they're not long, supposed to be. Yes, we are trying to figure out how we can move into something a little more custom 
so that right. you know someone who has really long legs you but not up. necessarily is bigger right. but just longer right. legs yeah mm-hmm. Because I find that sometimes I'm like, oh, you can get it by a men's size. I'm like, but I'm not a man and I'm not built like a man. And I want it to fit like a woman. I have hips and I want it to fit that way. And then sometimes, oh, yeah, it'll fit in the length. But then it's like, oh, but it's just not it. It looks boxy or something. It's not doing all the things where it's long enough, but it's like also too big. big. Right. So there's that right. combination. Yeah. Yep. We, that yeah. is definitely on our radar and trying to figure out how we can make people of all different shapes and sizes comfortable in them. Yeah. And, and I'm sure there's gotta be a solution for that. Um, we're just, yeah, we're not there yet, but I'm hoping. Yeah. You're not there I yet. Again, I, again, agree. I just, I'm just putting that in there. We have a, we have a really great <laughs> customer who is six foot one. All right. I like her already. Yeah, she's been, <laughs> a, you know, provided great feedback for us. But we, we, like when we did the night shirts, we very intentionally thought, wait a minute, we have to think about someone who's tall. We don't want this to be mm-hmm, something that's, um, that they can't, just because you're tall, you can't wear the night shirt because it's too short and it looks right. like the top. Right. So, Right. Exactly. I got you. Intentional about that. Perfect. So what other advice can you give to women who are exploring their options in terms of menopause and their unbearable symptoms? Don't be afraid to talk about it. Um, you know, I, there's just this, still this stigma. I mean, it's 2022 and there's still this stigma around menopause and yeah. this feeling yeah. that, Oh, when you hit menopause, you know, yeah, just go away. No one wants yeah. to talk about it. And I think you, you have to talk about it. And I think I just encourage women to talk about it, to explore what works, find out what works for them. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, as much as we don't like doing it, figure out, okay, are there some triggers? I mean, I know wine, right. unfortunately, wine is a huge trigger for oh. me. I hate that. Oh, that's, that's so sad. Like my heart just shed a tear for I you know. because I I love I'm wine, wine. <laughs> oh yeah wine. please please don't have to give I it up yeah. you know I know yeah. it's a trigger and 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 I mean I think I do things differently now like I mm-hmm. I think about layering I'm layering right now I'm wearing a cool revolution t-shirt and then I layer and then okay. when I get hot I can take to, I think you've got to think about those things what am I what am I going to be doing yeah. today um right and it's not always what the outside temperature is in terms of what you're wearing. Your The outside temperature isn't always reflective of what you're wearing or vice versa. Because, again, that personal climate zone can change just like that, even if it's, you know, blistery cold outside. And I'm sure when it's hotter outside, that doesn't necessarily help those moments either. Right. It, it, and I th- we have so many cl- uh, so many customers from... Um, Florida and Texas and some of the the warmer states, uh, yeah. and I and yeah. I know it makes it worse when you're in a in a warm human environment. But you know, I just think, and I think also that women should talk to their doctors about this. Um, mm-hmm. I have found too often that I remember when I was having first had cold flashes. I said something to my yeah. doctor, and and she said, Oh yeah, that's that's just part of. Um, part of the change, part of, part of your body changing. And I said, 
and I'm kind of outspoken anyway, but I was like, wait a minute, I want to know what all of these things are. I need you to right. tell me, you know, when, when you are pregnant, you get a book, what to expect when you're expecting. I want <laughs> right. that book. When I reach yeah. perimenopause, I wanted that book to tell me what things I might expect because I, and mm -hmm. instead of being surprised and waking up, you know, one cold March morning, drenched in sweat, I wanted to know what to expect. And then when those things happen, what I could do about it. Um, yeah. so I, and I think if, you know, I think talking to your medical provider is essential and asking questions. And if they don't give you the answers or don't want to um, talk to you about it, then it's, that's a sign. You got to find someone who will take you seriously. Yeah. And again, sometimes providers are the ones who further pathologize or pathologize, pathologize, pathologize a condition. And it's, it's disheartening because you're going to get some help to get some assistance to get some clarity. And we're getting answers like, Oh, that's just part of being a woman, it'll pass. Yeah, it will pass. But so will I. But in the meantime, I want to get this addressed in a way that's healthy and so that you can plug back into your activities of daily living and enjoy Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, there's, again, part of that stigma, part of that patriarchal kind of thrust upon us is that, okay, this is just part of being a woman, deal with it. It'll pass. And in the meantime, just put a smile on your face, keep going about your daily life, act like there's nothing wrong. And again, you'll get over it. Um, but that's not, that's not health. That's not wellness. That's not well-being. And it does not have to be this way. And so I'm glad that you're able to kind of give a, another tool in the toolbox to help when the symptoms have not quite been fully sorted out and get some relief. Are there any additional resources you suggest for listeners who are experiencing night sweats? Anything that's worked for you in particular or your friends? You know, I'm not, you know, I think everyone has to figure out what's best for their personal um, journey. But, sure. uh, you know, I just think, um, I, I think it's been helpful. And I think the empowering part of our journey has been that we're hearing from so many women. And we, you yeah. mentioned this in the beginning. There's something to be said about understanding you're not going through this alone. And then yes. when people can say, oh, wait a minute, um, I'm not alone in this. I can handle it. Mm -hmm. Other, here's what other people are doing. Let me try. Um, I think you have to try things and see what works for you. I think right. you have to talk to your significant other. I cannot believe the mm. number of people that we've talked to that either have a significant other who isn't understanding what it's like um, or right. discounts it. But um, I think you have to talk to the, your significant other and uh, explain what's happening to them. You should not be embarrassed by it. I mean, if you're in a partnership, right. this should be a, a real partnership about what's going on in life. And it affects it affects both of you. So I Surely. Just and it, if they're sleeping together at the nighttime, I'm sure they're experiencing something, too, because I've talked to women who they've not just saturated their clothes, but saturated their yeah. sheets saturated the linens so that can't be comfortable for the partner either if that is going on multiple times a night and even if it's one time a night or multiple times a week that is a part of you know that that sleep hygiene that sleep culture not just for the individual who is experiencing but also for the partner who 
is adjacent to that experience as yeah, well. And, I mean, as you know, sleep is just so important to our overall health. Um, and yes. just figuring out what is going to work, what works, and knowing that you, you may have to make some life changes, but it's worth it for overall quality of life. Absolutely. Any parting words of wisdom, Laura? No, I just, I, I thank you very much for bringing up this topic. I want more people to talk about it. Um, and uh, yeah, this has been great. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And I'm looking forward to getting my extra long, tall, cool revolution PJs if for nothing else for pr- preparation and good language. And good la- absolutely. All right. Thank you thank so much. Thank you. So Monday was Memorial Day. It's now conventionally and officially the beginning of summer. While crisp white wines and bottles of Prosecco are popping off all over the place, it's a seasonal wine nightmare for people like me, red wine aficionados. Popping a bottle of room temperature wine on a hot, humid day sounds unappealing and unrefreshing, especially if it's a super dry red that can leave you thirstier than you were before taking a sip. However, for me, missing out on red wine deliciousness all summer long is too tragic for me to even imagine. Fortunately, there are some non-white, non-rosé wines that are summertime fine and it's okay to chill some of them. Grab a red described as fruity and light-bodied, avoiding anything that says dry on the label. If you are a summer red wine drinker, there is a trick. Select wines from regions that have hot summers. As such, Pinot Noir is a varietal that I grab from May until early fall around September, popping it in the fridge close to when I'm going to imbibe so I don't kill the flavor. Perfect for sipping during a cookout or a nighttime bonfire, Pinot Noir is a personal fave. Pinot Noir is one of the world's most popular reds. So what makes a good Pinot Noir? Like any wine, it's all about the grapes. Pinot Noir, literally pine and black, is made from a pine cone shaped cluster of black skinned grapes that typically thrive in cooler climates and are notoriously difficult to grow, which also makes it one of the world's most expensive wines. Typically, Pinot Noir is dry, light to medium bodied, with bright acidity and silky tannins. The best Pinot Noir has a complex combination of cherry, raspberry, mushroom, and forest floor, combined with vanilla and baking spice when aged in French oak. However, my summer Pinot Noir fave is La Crema, Sonoma Coast, 2016. This Pinot Noir is particularly light and the fruit flavors of cherry, plum, blood orange literally burst on the palate. This is a Pinot perfect for lounging on the beach, a backyard cookout, or a summer night by the fire pit. It is a solid pick. When talking about wine, the first thing people usually ask me if it's dry or sweet. Pinot Noir is almost always made in a dry style. However, the lovely red fruit flavors and light body make it naturally juicy due to its high acidity. Ideally, Pinot Noir should be served at room temperature. However, lighter wines can be ever so lightly chilled 
to about 55 degrees Fahrenheit. While I rarely, and I mean rarely, have the occasion to leave a bottle unfinished, replacing the cork and sticking it in the fridge will keep the flavor fresh for about two days. Beyond that, the wine oxidizes and becomes bitter. In terms of food, pairing has everything to do with complementing the wine's pretty fruit flavors. Pinot Noir is perfectly paired for lighter red meats like duck, lamb, or white meat like turkey, pork, and chicken. I don't eat pork, and usually I don't really like most duck preparations. However, keeping with that cookout theme, lamb burgers pair wonderfully well. Fuller flavor fish like salmon also goes well too. Earthy veggies and herbs like mushrooms and thyme match Pinot Noir's savory flavors, especially when folded into risotto and pasta. Good Pinot isn't typically cheap, but it's totally worth it. It's not easy finding a good Pinot Noir under $20, so Vinum Cellars 2017 is a nice go-to. It's juicy and grippy and smells like cherries, cinnamon, and fresh garden soil. It's buoyant on the palate with a tart fruit core and is a great bottle to share with friends or perfect for Netflix and chill. So gather some Pinot and drink up. Salud! Thanks for joining Women's Health Wisdom and Wine. We really hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Think about one gem you can take away from this episode and apply it to your own life. Also, remember to follow us, review us, and give us five stars. Till we meet again, remember, nourish your flourish.